What's up, Whisper Nation, and welcome to Week 4 Reaction. We had a wild, wild week, and we're going to discuss the whole thing right here on the Fantasy Whispers. Right here. What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Monday, October 5th, and you're listening to episode 124, the official Week 4 Reaction of the Fantasy Whispers. I'm Philly Chelsea, and you can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Levy. And as always, I am joined by Johnny Gametime Hicks. You can find him on Twitter at Johnny underscore Gametime. What's up, Johnny? How are you? What's up, Chelsea? Hey, man. And of course, on the other mic, we've got Big Travi. You can find him on Twitter at Big Travi TFW. What's up, Travi? How was your week four? Not over yet. Um, in some leagues, it's over, but in others, it's not. <laughs> um, so I'm doing okay. I, I thought, you know, after all the crazy and uncertainty on Saturday night, we actually got some really nice football, some really fun games, and uh, we might get, or it looks like we're going to get this Monday night game. Uh, and so we get a double header. So I'm stoked. Yeah, did you guys hear about Two this? Men. Like, they, they left at 4 this morning in New England in order to get to Kansas City because they had to wait for the testing. How wild is that? It was, 4 a.m. is pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, I was in a heavy drool at 4 a.m. this morning, <laughs> just like really just sawing logs, so dead to the world. So good on them, you know, professional athletes. Somebody's got to wake up that early. Yeah. That's totally right. If you guys want to uh, keep sticking with us for some more good football, you can follow the show on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whispers and visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com. I know I've been cranking on articles. Travi has been doing the same. You can follow those along on thefantasywhispers.com. And last but not least, Help us out, man. Uh, sign up as a patron of the show. <laughs> Gain Help access out, to a please. ton of fun. Help us out. You'll get a ton of uh, bonus content over at patreon.com. Search the Fantasy Whispers today and support our show. We appreciate you. And that's it. Let's just dive in, right? Week four. Wild, wild yeah. week four, Johnny says. Yeah, as Chelsea said uh, there with YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. We're putting out content every day. So if you're not already subscribed to the channel, Make sure you do so by clicking subscribe. You get those notifications on, and that will let you know when we drop that new content. But as Chelsea alluded to, it was a crazy week because, yes, we got some good football, but we got some injuries to some marquee players, uh, and that starts with Austin Eckler. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that Austin Eckler, with his hamstring and knee, is expected to miss multiple weeks. Johnny, he got carried off of the field here basically by his two other guys. Maybe not carry, but they helped him off, and he was leaving that one leg just completely limp. Um, so Joshua Kelly got in, but again fumbled this week. Um, I'll be writing about Justin Jackson in the waiver column for sure. How, are you, how do you see this backfield shaking out in Eckler's absence? Well, I definitely think Justin Jackson is a guy that you're going to want to add this week for sure uh, because there's going to be an opportunity, right? And like you said, Austin Eckler could not put any weight. He tried to put a like a toe on the ground and it wasn't happening he was in a lot of pain uh hopefully they're saying it's a quite a few week injury um hopefully not season ending um uh, but yeah definitely wanting to add uh jefferson or uh, jackson uh but i will say that i think that kelly is a an rb2 with rb1 upside now moving forward because he should see the bulk of the carries yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of work he gets in the passing game with Justin Herbert, who's been dinking and dunking his, uh, with um, Eckler prior to that. So 
another marquee running back with a knee issue of his own. Nick Chubb uh, did not return in the week four slate against the Cowboys after his leg was rolled up on uh, by a member of his team. Um, and so we saw Kareem Hunt, obviously. We knew this was going to be Kareem Hunt's season without Nick Chubb there. We also saw a lot of Dearness Johnson and Dontrell Hill- Hilliard as well. We saw them mixing in. We saw, you know, OBJ take a, a run to the house. So there was all sorts I of think, uh, stuff. I thought I was, saw you get in there and take one to the house, yeah, too, because, no, yeah. man, that line can block for anyone, dude. Well, I will tell you right now, they gave up over 300 rushing yards, uh, you know, the uh, Cowboys did. And it's just, a you know, as a Packer fan, you see that's what happens with Mike McCarthy. You know, he just gives up rushing. But the, the real important thing here for fantasy football is to note that if you don't have Kareem Hunt, uh, you're, you're not as happy about this injury. But, you know, if you've got a waiver claim in your future here, Dearness Johnson, Dontrell Hilliard, I'll be writing about both these guys on the website. So that'll come out, and I'll give you my take on, on who you should prioritize there. And we'll obviously have more news to come out on Nick Chubb. It's been a little quiet. I think they're a little optimistic, but we should learn more today, probably by the time uh, you're listening to this. Mike Evans was also uh, rolled up on in this one or rolled his ankle a little bit in this one. He was able to return. He got seven of eight targets for 122 yards and a touchdown. Um, But I would just keep an eye on Mike Evans here because this could be something where the swelling starts to get get up in the middle of the week. And they have that Thursday night game. It's a quick turnaround. So make sure you're monitoring Mike Evans' status uh, this week. And then, Johnny, I'm going to kick it to you here for this final one. Kenyon Drake rushed 13, 13 times for 35 yards, but, you know, kind of one of the last plays of the game or, or towards the end of the game kind of uh, disappeared with the injury. What do you know about this, and what do you think is going on with Kenyon Drake, and is it Chase Edmonds' time? I think it could be real close. Uh, the good news is that uh, afterwards they were asking Cliff Kingsbury about the severity of the injury. It looked pretty bad, um, but he did walk off under his own power, Kingsbury said uh, he it shouldn't be too bad, but you know they they'll get extra tests and stuff like that. But based on what Kingsbury was saying, uh, it doesn't seem to be too serious. Uh, but either way, I am extremely worried about Kenyon Drake. This game should have been an absolute smash. It was on the last drive, and then afterwards, you saw uh, Chase come in and he got the he got the job done. What's really uh, we'll get into this game, and I'll talk about this yeah, a little we, bit more. We, we might as well get into it right now, Johnny. That is the first one on our slate. So, you you know, talked about a little bit there. The Cardinals just getting the brakes beaten off of them here after, and now have two straight losses to teams that we, you know, not only were they favored, but you figured maybe they could handle pretty uh, assuredly. And so now you have the, the Panthers winning 31-21 to 21 over your Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, it's definitely frustrating because, like we said, we this was supposed to be of, of any player – uh, it was, this was supposed to be a Kenyon Drake game. It was supposed to be a, a clear smash. Carolina giving up the most rushing yards to running backs so far this season. And you have Kenyon Drake come in and he carries the ball 13 times for 35 yards. What frustrated me, is, or frustrated if you watch the game, is they, they'll take Drake and they run him to the outside. Every time. It's like I thought as an Arizona fan, I thought I would never say or re-utter the words, run it up the middle ever in my life again. <laughs> uh, but it's ridiculous. It's like they're trying to do this sweep to the outside and, and it's not working. And yet there's clear paths right up the middle where Drake can just gash you for four or five yards when doing it. It's just baffling to me. Uh, and then the other thing is just whenever uh, Chase Edmonds comes into the game, 
it, it Kyler looks for him as a check down. It uh and and you know I was watching this heavily. I do have Drake rostered on a lot of my my team, so that's why I was like heavily into this with you with 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 you Whisper Nation. If I can get it out, um, so I'm you're not alone. This was a bad call by me. I apologize. Um, unfortunately, at this point, you can't even. I don't know what you could even get get rid of them for because you're not going to get value so you're kind of stuck in this pickle of like you just gotta hold on and hope things turn around one thing i will say is arizona or the running backs do have the fourth easiest schedule moving forward and they do get the jets next week so maybe he goes off i don't know though i don't trust him chase edmonds looks good though yeah four carries for 16 yards five of six for 24 yards and a touchdown uh, Edmonds did come in and, and get more touches this week than he had all year. Obviously, that has to do with the Drake injury. But, you know, as you said, Johnny, maybe it's a situation where Cliff Kingsbury is looking at it and saying, like, I have to go and, and make this uh, happen. You look at the receiving side of the ball, uh, DeAndre Hopkins doing what he does, you know, nine, nine targets, only caught seven of them for 41 yards. So not the greatest game, but it looks like, you know, the ankle didn't really bother him that much. He was able to get out there and be the dominant force. Uh, better days ahead for Hopkins, obviously. Christian Kirk, uh, we have a Christian Kirk sighting. Three for five for 19 yards and a touchdown. So not really the best, but he did score. Um, we'll see what happens with that. I'm, I'm really hesitant that any other secondary piece in this offense is going to be worth it. And you may not know from week to week, you know, game plan-wise, right. uh, who to be rock, rocking and rolling with. On the other side of the ball, Johnny, Teddy Bridgewater had himself a day. Um, I don't know if anybody was streaming him. Maybe in a – you know, situation with the Pat Mahomes situation going on, Cam Newton, maybe you, you took a chance while well, you were rewarded with a 30-point game, um, you know, multiple touchdowns there for, for Teddy Bridgewater. But I think the biggest story out of Carolina, Johnny, is Mike Davis, who continues to be the Christian McCaffrey for this offense. And, you know, dare I say better so far this year. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, mean, yeah, so. I mean, he's been good. 16 carries, 84 yards, a touchdown. He also had uh, five tar- or five receptions on six targets for 27 yards. Uh, very good day for Mike Davis. Again, he continues to be a great uh, fill-in for CMC. Uh, you rarely see that happen from kind of a guy that is uh, – I mean, we, we, we mentioned this when Mike Davis uh, was available. We said that we've seen him in the past be very productive from a running back standpoint. Uh, so this is definitely nice to see. My question to you guys is, uh, you had Bonifant. Uh, Reggie Bonifant got uh, 10 carries, 53 yards. He also added two receptions for 18 yards and a touchdown. Uh, is this a guy that you guys are, are going out to the waiver wire to get? Um, or do you think this was matchup because Arizona was giving up so much on the ground and they were just like, hey, Mike Davis, can't we can't give him 30 carries, can we? 30, 40 touches, we can't do that to him, so we'll give Bonifant some? Yeah, I think that's I mean, really I think what it is. This one's more matchup. Oh, yeah, go for it, Joe. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say My this bad. one definitely seems more matchup based. I mean, you see, Curtis Samuel also got more uh, carries in the backfield. I mean, it, this whole situation just seems interesting to me. Robbie Anderson was actually the target uh, leader again. He almost doubled the amount of targets from DJ Moore too. So, an yeah. interesting high week for Teddy Bridgewater. I, I'm curious to see if this high for Teddy Bridgewater is the game flow they want to stick with. But I, I think your point's right about it just being a Cardinals-based matchup. So, I wouldn't put too much weight into the Bonifon yet. Yeah, I, I love what Chelsea said there about, you know, it, it seems like we're – we talked about this a little bit last week. We're at week four now. Our team's starting to figure out their identity on offense, mm-hmm. and this is a brand-new coaching staff up and down, brand-new quarterback, brand-new offense installment. 
and Bridgewater had his best day yet, um, that's maybe not the wor- maybe not that's maybe something we could have predicted, right? Like maybe this was something we could have said, like this is going to be a high-powered offense, terrible defense that's going to want to put up points every week. So keep an eye on that. And like as Chelsea said, Robbie Anderson's been such a great story. 11 targets, 8 yeah. receptions, 99 yards. Get him away from Adam Gase and good things happen. That's what we need here. <laughs> Moving on to uh, you know what Chelsea would dub the battle of the Gen Z quarterbacks here. We've got Joe Burrow taking on Gardner Minshew. Uh, the Bengals win this game 33-25. to 25. And, Johnny, I think the biggest story coming out of this game is the buy-low window on Joe Mixon has completely shut. Oh, um, and my Joe gosh. Mixon is back. Yeah, uh, God, I had to I had to rep him on the wall today. Um, you know, we we had received um, some some people that were not happy with us because we told him to go out and get Joe Mixon or, or that Joe Mixon should have a, a day. Uh, this felt good seeing him run wild uh, on this. On the, now we knew this matchup was was nice for him, but he was coming into this game, you know, a little banged up. So we had a lot of questions on Sunday morning asking, you know, a trio of, of Joe Mixon, and you know, some people might have had Joe Mixon on their bench, and it's just that is unfortunate. Um, but Joe Mixon, 25 carries, 151 yards, two tutties, and then he added six receptions uh, on six targets for 30 yards and another touchdown. So uh, I think that – do you think this is the turning point for Joe Mixon? Do you think Joe Mixon is good moving forward? We do know historically Joe Mixon has taken a little bit to get going in the season, and then he's been a pretty solid running back. So uh, are you buying uh, that Joe Mixon is now – back to where he was an RB one, uh, a low end RB one, or uh, do you think this was more matchup and that uh, you should sell high on him? No, I think, I think this is exactly what you wanted out of Mixon in a, in a smash spot. This is exactly what we talked about as far as a buy low because the volume was there. And then in a game where they saw it started to work, they stuck with the run. Hence he gets the 25 carries. He starts to get some of the receiving work as Joe Burrow improves. So will this offense, you know, as that as that offensive line gets to gel together a little bit more, they will improve. Maybe they won't be, you know, top tier or even middle of the road, but they probably won't be bottom of the barrel like they have been if they continue to stay healthy and work together. So I kind of like what I see there. The interesting thing here is the wide receiving core, Johnny, which seems to be every other week as a new guy leading in targets. This week it was Tyler Boyd, seven catches on eight targets for 90 yards. Um, and then you had T. Higgins getting involved as, two, as well. Uh, seven targets, four receptions for 77 yards. But, Johnny, can we put an APB out on A.J. Green, please? Like, where the hell is this guy at? Uh, Continuing to see somewhat of a volume. I mean, it dipped this week, but where is he? Yeah, I think... To that point, Trav... Oh, sorry, Johnny. Yeah, to that point, Travis, I just think it's really interesting that, you know, you say that the Bengals have been bottom of the barrel. They've only been down by less than a touchdown. or They've only lost by less than a touchdown or more for the last three games. And they tied the Eagles that game. So this victory yeah. over the Jack the Jaguars is uh, maybe a turning of the tides and you say AJ Green's missing. So what we pull him in just like we saw Joe Mixon get reengaged this week for the first time. And who knows? Uh, this Bengals offense could do a lot of things with all of the pieces they have being um, activated at this point in the season. Yeah, I love that they get the Jaguars right, Johnny, because it just kind of gets them right. And then they, they're, the, they're one of the most pass-heavy uh, teams in neutral game script. Like, they just love throwing the rock. And they were talking about it on the broadcast. Like, they said Joe Burrow loves it when it's empty sets. Might not be the best news for Joe Mixon owners, but they said they loves, he loves empty sets because he can view the field a lot better and he likes to see it that way. 
On the other side of the ball, Johnny, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars and Gardner Minshew, you know, did, did all right for you. I don't think he, he cashed in as, as well as you would have liked here. Uh, 27 of 40, 351, two touchdowns, but a pick. Uh, James Robinson quietly had a very good day, you know, almost 130 yards from scrimmage here, Johnny. Anything really sticking out to you? Uh, obviously, DJ Shark got involved again here on the Jacksonville side of the ball. Oh, man, DJ Chark, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, I know a lot of people were panicking on Joe, on, on DJ Chark uh, because of the injury stuff, um, and it's good to see him back. He came back eight, eight uh, for nine uh, targets, 95 yards, and two touchdowns, and, man, that, that first touchdown was super, super nice. It was a, a toe tap on the uh, end boundary there. Uh, very nice to see DJ Chark. Here's my question to you guys. Uh, DJ Chark, where, where rest of the season, where do you have him? Because this is going to be something that a lot of people are going to have questions about. Are you, uh, do you see him continuous continuing this? Is he going to for sure be the wide receiver one there that you're going to want for Jacksonville? It does seem like him and Minshew have a rapport, so that is nice. Um, but where maybe rest of season, where would you rank DJ Chark? I think he's uh, a middle-of-the-road wide receiver, too, with wide receiver one upside every week. Uh, I mean, look at these next four games, Johnny. Houston, Detroit, a banged-up Chargers team, the buys in there, and then Houston again. Yeah. I love these matchups. They even got Green Bay down the slate there. I love these matchups for DJ Shark. I think you can be confident in his abilities uh, going forward in this one. Um, LaVisca Chenault got a little bit involved there, so keep an eye on that. Six uh, targets, five receptions for 86 yards. Looking pretty good as the secondary option there in Jacksonville. One of the best games on the slate this week was this uh, next game, and that was the Cowboys hosting the Cleveland Browns. We talked a little bit at the top of the show. Uh, you know, Dallas just gets the break speed off of them here, 49-38. to 38. The Browns come into Jerry World, get the job done. Baker Mayfield looked sharp, looked efficient, 19 of 30, only 165 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, just really, you know, he talked about this in his presser. It, this is what the team's going to be. They're going to run the hell out of the ball and be super efficient in the passing game. Uh, speaking of which, Kareem Hunt led the way there, 11 carries, 71 yards, and two touchdowns after the aforementioned Nick Chubb injury. So, Chelsea, I want to ask you a little bit about this backfield because it looks like they started to mix a bunch of people in. Are you concerned at all in Hunt's upside, kind of like we were concerned about Chubb's upside with Hunt? with some of these other pieces if Chubb sees extended mist of time. Yeah, well, I think, it, you know, the other carries on the ball, Hunt only got 11 carries, right? Uh, Johnson got 13 carries, Hilliard five, and Chubb still picked up six before he exited the game. That's a lot of carries being spread out around the running backs. And if you have Hunt on your roster, you're probably pulling your hair and like, why? It's his time to shine. This is great. Yeah. Don't involve these other guys. But it seems like that's going to be what the Browns do. Good news is you needn't worry, right? Cream proves to be effective and efficient. He's gets tons. Of, I think the thing I was um, hammering on in the offseason the most about Hunt's potential coming into the season, regardless of Chubb being in that off the backfield or not, is how many yards after the hit he gets. He can keep running after the tackle. He's the most efficient in the running back space in that regard. So I think his efficiency is going to keep happening, regardless of how many other running backs are there. Now definitely look to the waiver and get these guys on your squad, because we know that injuries are happening and he's already nursing a groin. So who knows if that gets exacerbated in this added gameplay 
But no, I, I think um, I'm excited to have Hunt even more so with Chubb, but I do want to make sure I'm rostering these other running backs in that backfield just because of the way the Browns play it. I love that breakdown and you bringing up the groin is another reason why maybe you Hunt owners should, you know, back off a little bit on their concern a little. They, they were probably trying to get other guys to spell in here to not have both Chubb and Hunt lost on the day because Hunt came in with the groin injury. Uh, apparently his groin is not too serious, though. Uh, oh, that's from good. what we've heard. So, yeah. Uh, Johnny Odell Beckham Jr. Well, look, we talked about this last week on the matchup show. This is probably going to be your prime smash spot and then turn and look to sell high on OBJ because if this offense is not going to be a high-volume pass attack, you're not going to get a day like this every single time. So is this time to turn around and, and go ahead and sell OBJ this week, Johnny? I'm a little – I'm – I'm on the fence. It's hard. It, it's hard. it is hard. Yeah. And it's, and it's OBJ. Like it's fun to watch OBJ when he's, when he's doing his thing. I'm wondering if this was uh, something that they finally realized kind of how to that. Hey, we just need to get the ball into OBJ and, uh, in his hands and let him do, do work. Um, it will be interesting to see if they continue to do this, but I mean, Sure. You got Indianapolis, Pittsburgh on this on the schedule for the next two weeks. That's pretty difficult. But then you get Cincinnati, Las Vegas, by Houston, Philly, Jacksonville. You like all of that stuff. And then in the in the playoffs, you're playoffs. Talking playoffs. <laughs> uh, you got you have Tennessee week thirteen. You know, okay matchup. Oh, so so. Uh, or sorry, um, sorry, Baltimore week fourteen. Not not the greatest matchup, but. Who knows by that point? But then week 15, New York Giants, and week 16, New York Jets. He will absolutely feast on those two teams. Um, so it's hard to say whether I would sell. I mean, it, it all depends on what you can get. Johnny, your audio is not coming through for me. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Um, if If – you can get a couple of pieces uh, that can benefit your team more than just the one OBJ, then possibly uh, I would do that. But I don't know. It's going to be hard to, to flip OBJ when you when you see him go off for 35, you know, and, and you're seeing the targets. That's the big thing. You're seeing consistent targets each and every single week, 10, 6, 6, and 8. So I would say if you were a, you know, 0-3 team coming into this week, you've got to win with OBJ. Yes and you're sitting there needing running back help, if you can flip OBJ for a, a good running back with some upside, I would be looking at that. But otherwise, you might want those points on your roster. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but 35, 40 points from your wide receiver, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, Jarvis Landry, uh, I think, is a hold for me. Five, five catches and six receptions, 48 yards, but threw a 37-yard touchdown to his boy OBJ. He's not going to do that every week, but I will say – a lot of what concerned me about Jarvis Landry was how much Kareem Hunt gets used in the passing game as that guy. If they end up using Kareem Hunt more as the pure runner here, um, I could see a world where Landry starts to get some more targets. So I think as a hold for me, just kind of coming down the stretch, uh, just wanted to get that out there. On the other side of the ball, Johnny, Dak Prescott, because of his horrendous defense, continues to just put up monster fantasy points. I mean, 41 of 58 passing attempts, Johnny. 502 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, he had the two-point conversion. I mean, you're just looking at this offense, and, and it, they're running it like a spread offense in the at Oklahoma or something, and they're just donging on people left and right every week. 
So yesterday, uh, or I think it was yesterday or Friday, um, I can't remember. We were on a live, and someone asked a question about uh, a trade, right? And the basis of the trade was Dak versus Josh Allen. And you and I had a, a fun debate on the show uh, as to which one we wanted, right? Uh, or which one we'd rather have rest of season. I think that it's wild. Dak is kind of going unnoticed right now. And it's it's an, it's surprising to me because Josh Allen is having... It's because field. they're not winning. R- r- well, yeah, that. Because Dallas isn't but, winning. But here's, <laughs> yeah. here's almost where I think Dak is going to be the be- better uh, quarterback rest of season than some of these other teams. Uh, I mean, C- uh, Seattle, po- I mean, Russ is doing his thing. He's so efficient. But Dallas's defense is so bad. It's worse than uh, – that's an issue that I have with, um, you know, Buffalo is their defense is going to get better because they just got back Josh Norman. And so you – and you already saw their defense starting to tighten up this, this past week. And if you have teams, you know, that are putting away, you know, Josh Allen, if he gets up by a bunch of points early and their defense can hold him back, then it's like, okay, let's rely on the run a little bit more and not uh, get uh, in danger Josh Allen. But you look at Dallas, their defense is horrible. You don't see any end in sight for it getting any better. And so they are going to continuously be in these monster shootouts and you're going to continuously see Dak, who we know we have seen it. Dude, look at this. Three out of the last four weeks, he's had over 33 fantasy points in our in our league, where you get six points per for touchdown. Three out of four weeks, he's had over 33 fantasy points. That's outrageous. So, if he's going to continue to do this, that means the passing core is is something you want to invest in. The problem is, is it it seems to be concentrated at the top with Amari Cooper, and then we're going to go week to week on knowing if it's Ceedee Lamb or Michael Gallup who's going to explode here. I mean, Amari, Amari Cooper just. 12 of 16, 134 yards, a touchdown, uh, and a two-point conversion. Just a monster day for Cooper. He's going to continue as long as he is, you know, healthy. He's going to continue to be the man here. CeeDee Lamb himself, 5 for 7, 79 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, But then Michael Gallup, after a monster week, Johnny, goes 2 of 5 for 29 yards, essentially disappears on his fantasy GM's roster. And then Dalton Schultz, of course, got involved as well, the tight end, 4 of 8. 72 yards and a touchdown are we gonna ever know when it's a michael gallup week and a cd lamb week or vice versa i think i mean you just gotta we'll look at the matchups if you stick here on the fantasy whispers we'll let you know kind of uh which one it's leaning listen we knew that the slot was going to be a, a valuable spot uh, for dallas to attack this cleveland offense um i do think that it will be uh, uh you know one or the other it's either going to be Michael Gallup or it's going to be CD Lamb. Um, but the reason why I think CD is a little safer is because he does play in that slot role and and Gallup plays on the outside. So I think if I'm ranking them rest of season, I would go, I would put CD above Michael Gallup. But you still want pieces of this offense, right? Like you still yeah. want it because on any play, like like I said, look at these the, the defense. The, the least amount of yards that they've given up on Dallas's defense in a game is 380, and that was week one. 380 yards. So, like, they're, they're just going to keep passing in order to keep up with these games. I, I, you got to love yeah, it. Speaking of, speaking of passing, you could be a little concerned if you drafted Ezekiel Elliott, right? You could say, oh, well, he's not running like he used to. Eight targets, eight receptions, 74, 71 yards. Stick with Zeke. You're going to be just fine uh, in this offense. All right, so New Orleans Saints traveled to Detroit. We obviously had the scare of COVID on Saturday night. Ended up being a false positive. 
The game went on as scheduled, and the Lions, after jumping out to a 14.0 lead, uh, basically did their best uh, Atlanta Falcons impression and botched this game away, gave it to the Saints 35-29. to Johnny, we'll start on the Saints side of the ball. Drew Brees uh, kind of being, you know, a middling quarterback just based on not having Michael Thomas there, based on Alvin Kamara being the focal point of this offense. But it really, you know, the surprise here was actually called out by Summy on our matchup show, Latavius Murray, 14 carries, 64 yards, and two touchdowns to couple with Kamara's 19 carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown uh, and his own 36 receiving yards. So are you seeing a situation for, you know, maybe just because of Jared Cook, Michael Thomas out, you know, Latavius Murray was a little bit more of a focal point in the red zone? Well, I also think, too, Detroit, that's where you you get them the most is on the ground. They are, along with Carolina, they are the second uh, worst run defense uh, for the running back position or against the running back position. So we we knew that there was a very big chance that, um, you know, that's how, and especially with all the playmakers banged up, that's how they could have the game plan. We also saw Drew Brees continue to struggle to throw it downfield. So uh, I am very concerned with Drew Brees. Uh, if I'm if I'm relying on him as my quarterback this year, I would probably pivot. I think that there are other options on the waiver wire uh, that have higher think upside. That he gets, do you think he gets better with Michael Thomas in the lineup? Do you think there's a, a window there? I don't think that he gets better because the type of the types of throws that he gets better it doesn't add up necessarily for your fantasy team. They're dink and dunks, they're slants. They're he doesn't go deep to Michael Thomas often. Sure, there might be more passing touchdowns, but you're already kind of getting that right. Like it was a dump off pass to Kamara last week that saved his it saved his game last last week, and and so I I just don't think that the upside is no longer there because he refuses to throw it deep. I mean, there were three plays where he clearly had wide open one on you know either the guy was already burnt and the safety was was already sucked in, and Drew Brees could have just went over the top and he just holds it, holds it, and got sacked. Uh, so I, I have major concern there. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders sees a season high, nine targets, gets six receptions for 93 yards. You have Traquan Smith getting four receptions, but 54 yards and two touchdowns. We've got Traquan. some weird things going on here. And I just don't know if you're ever really going to know which wide receiver to trust in the absence of Michael Thomas. And then things get a little shaky when Michael Thomas comes back. So, yeah, sure, I think they're a hold, but I, I don't know how much you're trusting them. And, and if you need to pivot for running back help, I don't think that's such a terrible situation to be a, a part of. On the other side of the ball, Johnny, Matt Stafford gets Kenny Galladay back, and the last two weeks have been some of his best games, not only from a football perspective, but best, you know, definitely from a fantasy perspective. Goes 17 of 31, 206 yards, three touchdowns, a two-point conversion. Um, your boy DeAndre Swift gets involved here, Johnny. Four carries, 22 yards, 30, uh, 30 yards on four receptions for a touchdown. Um, and then you look at the rest of this backfield, just kind of ugly as it shakes out there. Anything to take away from this backfield uh, or just like Swift is still a hold for you to try and see if he can get more involvement. Uh, Swift is absolutely, if he's on your waiver, I'm picking him up. I'm, I'm stashing him. I'm, I've been telling people all along, this is the Miles Sanders of last year. Do not 
miss a chance to get this guy because it's it's happening. They're going to continue to get him more involved. They have a week five bye, uh, which is very good because it gives him more time to pick up more of this offense and get acclimated. Adrian Peterson is not the future of this team. And with them losing, like I, had, I brought this up on the matchup show, their next uh, few games here, uh, let me bring it up uh, if I can real quick. Uh, they do not have uh, the best they got schedule. a bye next week. Then they've got at Jacksonville, at Atlanta. Then they get Indy, and they're at Minnesota. Right. So if they, if, they, if they lose three of those games, if they lose three of those games, then I can definitely see where uh, uh, Matt Patricia is fired, and then they go to they turn they turn it to a uh, an interim coach right and i ju- and i see them going to deandre swift and and weeding out uh, uh adrian peterson cuz there's no future there so I, I do think that deandre swift will continue to get more more involved i don't think you could trust him in your lineup just yet though in the passing game you've got kenny galladay doing his kenny galladay things two games back two touchdowns four for eight for 62 yards and a touchdown I think it's the TJ Hawkinson and Kenny Galladay show as far as the passing attack. TJ, you welcome. Saw, you saw Hawkinson two for four. One of those draw or one of those was a pick. Uh, one of those incompletions was a pick in the end zone. Uh, he should have had two touchdowns on the day. So he had two for four for nine yards and a touchdown, one two point conversion. Uh, what we like to call the octopus. He got yeah. the eight points yeah. in, in uh, fantasy there. So that was a nice thing to see. I think you can be confident in both Galladay and Hawkinson going forward. Moving on to our next game, man, <laughs> some sad things on the Houston side of the ball here. They are now 0-4 uh, after uh, hosting the Minnesota Vikings and dropping this one 31-23. to um, Johnny, I, you just got to give me some sort of confidence in this Houston passing attack if you can. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on here. I mean – the pretty much the only one that you can for sure say, uh, you know, more than 50% comfortability of throwing him in your lineup is Will Fuller. That's about it. Uh, as far as wide receivers go, Will Fuller having another pretty solid day. Six uh, receptions on seven targets for 108 yards and a touchdown. You like that. But then Kenny Stills out of nowhere comes in, gets, uh, you know, catches two of four targets for 39, also gets a touchdown. Um, so, uh, you know, if, if it's not Will Fuller uh, from the wide receiver core and it's not David Johnson, I'm probably sticking away from this team for, for right now. That's weird to say, too, for a Deshaun Watson-led offense. And I'm saying there's only really two options that you want. That's wild. Deshaun Watson barely startable, looking at QB 13 in most leagues right now. We'll get Jacksonville at Tennessee, Green Bay before the bye. This is when the schedule was supposed to open up. Um, but if he can't get it done against a Minnesota team that's just been hemorrhaging points, when will he? On the other side of the ball, Kirk Cousins, not a guy you're putting in your lineup, but, uh, you know, very efficient day, uh, got the job done for them. But it's really about Dalvin Cook, Johnny, who now has 15 touchdowns in his last 18 games. That is insane to me. Uh, he, you know, we're talking about, like, Dak getting slept on. I think similarly is Dalvin Cook's uh, just monster performances each and every week. And I, I'm sorry, he had two touchdowns. So 27 yeah. carries, 130 yards. So that's 16 touchdowns in those last 18 games. Uh, just incredible. What RB2, RB2 on the year. And I don't yeah. think he, hardly anyone is talking about him. Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely a situation you love to see there. Get Seattle and Atlanta next week and then the bye. So you're loving yeah, what you're getting matchup. out of him. 
in the passing court, Johnny, Adam Thielen uh, getting the 10 targets, being the man, uh, even got a carry here. He had 114 yards and a touchdown through the air doing his thing, but it was good to see Justin Jefferson get involved again. For only five targets, four receptions, but 103 yards. These were monster targets. This guy is yeah. getting open. I'm I'm a believer, dude. I am a believer. I would try to go in and trade for Justin Jefferson. It might be difficult it might be because hard. it might be hard. It, it it might be hard, but uh, I mean, you can make the argument it's a rookie. But you know, I would make these little ticky tack argument. Always oh, on the he plays for the Minnesota Vikings. They're not good, you know, all of that stuff. That's what I would go with because I'll tell you what, Justin. You do that in your in your trade negotiator voice? Of course like, I do. Of course yeah. I do. Hey, hey that's man, a, you want to buy a watch? Yeah, you got to get a little yeah, sleazy, you know? and you got to get a little sleazy <laughs> in your in your pitches, right? Uh, no, but. I mean, I think that uh, Justin Jefferson is going. He is bre- he's already breaking out. I think he is one of the you know DJ Charks or the Terry McLaurins that you or, or the. Uh, I mean, Parker was a fifth year or fourth year wide receiver last year, but uh, you know one of these rookie wide receivers that you are getting off of waivers that it is a little bit shaky, right? Uh, to trust him in your lineup, but I think that he's going to become a pretty reliable. Um, option like we talked about seattle and atlanta are his next two matchups you're definitely getting him in your lineup for those two 100 percent um so i love justin jefferson i'm gonna try to go acquire him today speaking of playing seattle seattle went to boys from johnny yeah if you're if you play a league with johnny uh he starts putting the sleazy voice on you're you're in trouble uh all right so the miami dolphins hosted the seattle seahawks here down in miami uh, this one just took a while to get going, but then Seattle ended up doing what they do. But they win this one 31-23. Um, on the Seattle side of the ball, Johnny, it was a weird game. You know, Russell Wilson only getting two touchdowns instead of four or five. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, you you you, you love that. Um, no. Uh, I think it's 24-34, 360, two touchdowns. He had the interception. He played a little weird, but, you know, crash country flight to get out to Miami. He was due for a little bit of a down game. And if this is his down game, you'll take it. But Chelsea, Chris Carson, was supposed to be out maybe multiple weeks, had a great week of practice, and then went and balled out this week. Smoke screens big time. Pete Carroll yeah. got to just not yeah. trust that guy. But what we did see is uh, Carlos Hyde be out. So the you know standard backup for Chris Carson in that backfield wasn't there. So I'm interested to see how Travis Homer and DJ Dallas, who's a rookie, continue to get play time. Um, they were both pretty effective in their small amount of carries that they got. Travis Homer even bringing in a touchdown, uh, which if you were a Chris Carson fan, you were definitely wanting to see that on your squad. But he had a pretty <laughs> yeah. amazing day despite, you know, going out with an injury that, as Travis mentioned, we thought we'd see him sidelined for multiple weeks. So, yeah, sort of a weird day, unexpected day, how that the running back core shook out. But I think the wide receivers were even a little bit more uh, interesting maybe johnny wants to share some of that uh well i did want to touch on the other the travis homer touchdown happened when chris carson went out of the game because he was being evaluated for a concussion and i just wanted to like just yesterday uh it sucks because you know as like a a person that if you get that dreaded like being evaluated for concussion like designation it's like oh well my guy's He's done. He's like, there's probably no chance he's coming. And it's like, yeah, Chris Carson would be that guy who comes back and and he doesn't, isn't affected. Like, the guy's a beast. He's a beast. I love Chris Carson. 
Uh, but yeah, yeah, so a lot of people, a lot of people hesitant to start Chris Carson on our lives, but like we said, you know, he could fall into the end zone and he fell into the end zone twice here yeah. uh, on 16 carries for 80 yards. That wide receiving core, Johnny, I mean, DK Metcalf is pretty much the number one just based on the routes that he runs and, and where he goes on the field, because we see this game where it was a little weird and it's a DK Metcalf game, four for six for 108 yards. You look at Tyler Lockett, two of four for 39 yards. Um, obviously, the running backs got involved, like we said, uh, but DK Metcalf was able to do his stuff and still reward you for the most part for trusting in him. No, no disrespect to you know uh, a lot of these other wide receivers that are up and coming. Uh, they are very, very talented wide receivers. But ladies and gentlemen, you are looking at the next Julio Jones. You are looking at the next Des Bryant, the next iconic wide receiver that you are going to want to have on your your fantasy rosters uh for many many years ago and this guy is an absolute animal and the the best thing too is he is he's like Aaron Rodgers right now he has a monster chip on his shoulder because he didn't get taken until the last pick of the second round he wants to he's out for vengeance and this guy is going to do it he's he is awesome and I appreciate how humble with- he is too this this whole week he was like, you know, uh, Tyler Lockett is the best wide receiver. Everybody is sleeping on Tyler Lockett. He was taking yeah. up his own airtime to to give a, a you know megaphone for his fellow wide receiver who only got four, uh, four targets this whole game. So I appreciate what Johnny's saying. Keep your eyes on DK Metcalf. He's the one to watch. Yeah. Apparently even Russell Wilson was sleeping on Tyler Lockett this week with <laughs> yeah. four targets and yeah. two receptions. Better days ahead uh, for him. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love that when you see that, uh, the, the humility there and then – it's just like a, a really nice story that you've got with DK because he, he was getting a lot of flack for the work he was doing in the combine. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Miami Dolphins was a, a popular streamer, had 45 pass attempts, completing 29 of them, 315 yards. Uh, he had a two-point conversion. He had a touchdown on the ground. But it just wasn't really the day you were kind of hoping for out of Fitzpatrick. Uh, let's see here. If you kept him. And let's see on the schedule. He's got San Fran next. You're probably dropping him for that one. Uh, I I wouldn't be starting him up there. So might be time to move on to another guy. Uh, Check out the waiver column. I should have a few guys you can stream there. Miles Gaskin continuing to be kind of the lead back here. Um, He had 10 carries for 40 yards, three receptions for 22 yards. Nothing exciting, nothing sexy there, but he's going to be a guy that could get you through, you know, injury spells to other backs, um, especially in a PPR format. But, uh, the biggest story coming out of Miami here is that Devontae Parker got 12 targets, 10 receptions, 110 yards, didn't score. You got dinged up and left and came back, played through injury. You see the other guys, Preston Williams and, and Mike Gusecki, just not really doing it uh, this week. So I think it's going to be more volatile than we thought with the Miami passing core, but I feel like you can trust Parker as the, the true number one main vein of this passing offense. I, I will mention too uh, once again, Mike Jacecki drew a, a PI in the end zone again. Uh, so there is he is still being looked at. If you have him as a tight end, uh, or that is your tight end that you're rolling with, uh, better days ahead for Mike Jacecki. That's well, just the play, If you play in tight end premium, uh, pass interference points scored. Yeah, right. Leagues, exactly. You're you're, you're, you're okay. Really yeah, yeah, you're okay yeah. in that. In that. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosted the Los Angeles Chargers um, in this one that took the Buccaneers a little while to get going. The Chargers jumped out to a lead. Justin Herbert looking pretty sharp, uh, throwing to undrafted wide receivers nobody knew about. I mean, I remember looking at the ESPN app, and they said unknown players scored. 
that's how that's how weird it was to get these touchdowns uh, to Johnson and Guyton here in this one. I'm not even joking. Like that that's was the worst, real, dude. That was a like, real. Like there's thing. only 53 you... people on their rosters. They should know, know. these guys. Also, no, unknown. Hey, can unknown. you imagine being like you were so excited? It's your first career touchdown, and then like you can't even get recognition. Your mom, like your mom. Mom, clips what they the, say on ESPN about me? <laughs> yeah. Takes a screenshot from ESPN and says, unknown player, puts it on her fridge. Uh, That's my boy. That that was him. Uh, Uh, The Chargers boy, Justin Herbert, Johnny, uh, 20 of 25, 290 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Like I said, going uh, to those no-name guys, um, they'll both be written about, but like one for one on these touchdowns. Uh, You know, one target, one reception on both of them. The real story in the passing game, Johnny, is Keenan Allen, who continues to get fed as a wide receiver, one that he is, eight for 12 for 62 yards. Johnny, I'm really excited for Keenan Allen because it was a guy you want to like, you want to see him get going, but with the way things were shaping up this year, Tyrod Taylor starting, it was not happening for him. Um, You saw Hunter Henry two for three for 39 yards. Not the best, but you like what Hunter Henry is for this offense. What about the running back situation, though, Johnny? We talked about the injury. We talked about Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly. Eckler probably missing extended time. What, how are you feeling about this? Uh, I'm con- I like Josh Kelly. Um, we've been trying to say go get him. I mean, obviously, I didn't predict an injury or anything like that. But Joshua Kelly becomes really, really interesting to me. Uh, we talked about Justin Jackson grabbing him off your waiver. Um, but I do think ultimately this does benefit you know, uh, Keenan Allen a little bit more because now it, those targets that were going to Eckler, sure, some of them I do project to go to Joshua Kelly, uh, but I do expect a lot of those to go to Keenan Allen, who he seems to have a very good rapport with, as well as Hunter Henry. We could see a slight uptick for him as well. Um, but yeah, uh, Keenan Allen, man, did you see that? You got Moss catch he made. Oh my goodness, he is. Oh man, it'll you. You'll see it tonight on You Got Moss because it'll for sure be on there. But Keenan Allen made the corner look silly. On the other side of the ball, Johnny, we've got that backfield for Tampa Bay. Um, Well, I guess we should start with Tom Brady. Tom Brady, monster, uh, monster performance here. Thirty of forty-six, three hundred sixty-nine yards and five touchdowns. He did have one pick, but he you know put up monster numbers for you in fantasy if you trusted him here. And I'll, you know, we had. We had mentioned him yeah. as a streamable option. Don't uh, say, don't say we. Don't say up. we. It was you. It was just you. You had said this. Well, you yeah, got to give mean, credit where credit is due. Uh, Big Travi is the one that said this. I had nothing to do with this because I wouldn't even do this in my own <laughs> league. So uh, this yeah. was all Travis. Well, uh, I just wish I would have started him against you in our league of record. That would have been nice, but that's uh, not what I did. <laughs> so I don't take my own advice. Uh, but uh, the running back four is what we talked about. Look, if Ronald Jones was going to be the only guy, you were going to want to start Ronald Jones, and he was, and he he came through for you. 20 carries, 111 yards, 6 of 9. That was nice to see. I mean, only 17 receiving yards, but 6 of 9. Like, you like that usage. Keyshawn Vaughn getting involved, getting a touchdown there through the air. But, Johnny, where it really comes down to is Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, and this passing attack. If Godwin's going to miss uh, a good amount of time, you saw – O.J. Howard get involved, but then go down with an Achilles injury. So O.J. Howard, three of six before the injury for 50 yards and a touchdown. So really, on this quick turnaround, especially if Mike Evans is going to be out or, or anything you know limited with that ankle, Scotty Miller becomes really interesting here. 
Scotty Millen and actually Justin Watson becomes interesting as well. Just, uh, Justin Watson is the guy that actually plays on the outside. He played the Chris Godwin role. Scotty Miller plays the slot. So I don't know. I mean, Scotty, Scotty Miller's role shouldn't change, be affected too much. The guy that you're actually going to want to uh, pivot to, if anything were to majorly happen to Mike Evans, it would be Justin Watson uh, because that's who they'll they'll have lined up and take his spot. Um but either and either way, I think Justin Watson is is kind of a a deeper stash and uh, you know a deeper league if you're if you're needing a wide receiver. But Scotty Miller, man, you're gonna this is a season long guy, uh, whereas Justin Watson might be just a potential bi you know, week fill in or something like that. But Scotty Miller looking to have you know rest of season value as a, as a solid wide receiver three uh, with wide receiver two upside. All right, in our next game, Johnny, we had the Washington Football Team hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, oh, this, I, yeah, sorry. I, I know we have to move on, but I just want to say, one, uh, give a shout out to OJ Howard. Uh, seems to be a season-ending Achilles injury. Uh, I am so so sorry because I put you on my bench or on on my starting spot in the listener league, and it just seems that whatever player that I put on the listener league, they just die. So I apologize for that. Johnny, who are you going to put uh, in there hate- next week? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, know dude. It's getting <laughs> brutal. Heads up. Uh, it's getting brutal. Yeah. I need uh, to get Lamar Jackson off my team just to save him. Yeah, you hate to see it. But the Ravens did go into Washington, D.C. They faced the Washington football team. And Lamar Jackson, after, you know, my roommate came up to me and asked, is it too early to say Lamar Jackson's a bust this year? And he had been so far, but he ha- he came through in a big way, had his career-long rushing touchdown, 53 yards, uh, for a rushing score there. He had two other touchdowns, both to Mark Andrews. So really, the story of the Ravens was their studs hit for you, right? You had Lamar Jackson hit. You had Marquise Brown go uh, for four for eight for 86 yards. Not a huge day, but you'd love to see the eight targets. you love to see the involvement back there. Um, and then also Mark Andrews just doing Mark Andrews things. Three receptions, 57 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, so... We know what we've got with the Ravens. We know that we're probably fading this backfield more weeks than not just because mm-hmm. you do not know who it will be. But you kind of have to hold these players to see if an injury or something else shakes out due to that. On the other side of the ball, Johnny, we talked about Dwayne Haskins needing to do something this week. Completed 32 of 45 yards, 313 yards, three touchdowns. Or I'm sorry, uh, one touchdown here on a, on a rushing touchdown. Looked mm-hmm. pretty good. Looked decent enough against you know, a Super Bowl contender here. The real story for me was Antonio Gibson, who not only, you know, carried on his weekly uh, touchdown uh, on the ground, he was like 13 carries, 46 yards and a touchdown, but really got involved in the passing game this week, which you love to see out of the converted wide receiver. Four for five uh, for 82 yards through the air. You love to see the minimal uh, use of, of, of Peyton Barber here in this game. And then Johnny Scary Terry continues to just be Dude, it's, a beast, it's, a, a man amongst boys. It's over. Can we just can we just crown this guy as a wide receiver one already and just be done with it rest of the season? This guy, anytime you doubt him, he just goes out and proves you wrong. Like this guy is yeah. an absolute monster. Another guy we talked about DK earlier, who's really really fun to watch. We we have ourselves set up for for quite some time yeah, I, with some fun I wide think receivers. Going- I think going into last week when they played the Chiefs, since Marcus Peters had been traded to the Ravens, there hadn't been one single uh, 100-yard receiver. They've now given up two back-to-back because they obviously had last week uh, with the Chiefs. 
And then they have Terry McLaurin this week who, who went over 100 yards. You love to see it. Um, J.D. McKissick still getting involved in the passing game, seven for eight for 40 yards, did fumble. Hopefully for Antonio Gibson GMs, uh, J.D. McKissick disappears soon. Yeah. That would be great. Um, and then Logan Thomas, who had great peripheral numbers coming into this week, completely disappeared, one for four for eight yards. I think out of Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin, I don't know that you can trust anybody in Washington, yeah. or no, not that you want to. Uh, what a great game, not, that we had next. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams were supposed to just smoke the hell out of the Giants, uh, hosting them here in SoFi Stadium uh, in our backyard here in L.A., but it was a 17-9 to real barn burner. I mean, really, the only play in this game for the Rams, Johnny, mm-hmm. was a 50-yard touchdown to Cooper Cup from Jared Goff. Uh, Cooper Cup went 5 of 7 for 69 yards and a touchdown. Robert Woods, seven targets, but only six receptions for 35 yards. Um, the You know, Josh Reynolds getting a little bit involved. I think there's better days ahead, of course, for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Jared Goff. But I really want you to highlight what you're seeing out of this running back uh, tandem that's going on here. Yeah, so uh, the with the running back tandem, it's looking like it is going to be a thunder and lightning is what they want to do there. They want to uh, kind of emulate what they what the 49ers do. Uh, and so you saw this happen. Uh, Marquise Brown uh, or Marquis, Malcolm Brown came in nine carries for 37 yards, uh, five of six receptions for 19 yards. So not not the greatest day uh, for Mal- uh, Malcolm Brown. And then Daryl Henderson, who should have this was set up to be an absolute smash day. Uh, eight only gets only eight carries for 22 yards, one reception for 16 yards. Travis, uh, definitely con- some cause for concern, uh, because Daryl Henderson was a guy that we were really excited about. He got the bulk of the carries last week, and we thought that he was going to get the bulk of the w- carries this week. And it really he comes in and and just lays a stinker. To be honest with you, this is just dead honesty. This stat line I'm seeing from Daryl Henderson is the stat line I expected to see from Ronald Jones, and I expected to see the Ronald Jones stat line for Daryl Henderson. That is a complete honest uh, take, and for this to happen, like I, I'm even like, what is going on? Is this just a bad game? Do you think this is just a bad game? Or I will say, I will say that sometimes this happens where teams overlook other teams, and you look at something that the Giants, if they do have one strength on the defensive side of the ball. It is the defensive front. It is the line against the run. I don't know if that's enough excuse for me to not stick with Daryl Henderson and keep him going, but I think it's just like, you know, Johnny, you've been talking about this. McVay says he wants to use a committee, and it looks like he's, uh, you know, confirmed that with, with what happened in this game. And then imagine if Cam, Aker, Cam Akers was involved. I think it would be even more of a mess. So temper expectations going forward, and you're just going to have to play the matchup and game script as best you can. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, Chelsea, is there anything here we could pick out from the New York Giants that is worth the damn in fantasy football? No, we should move on. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, I will say that Evan Ingram got 10 targets, so you like to see that if you're if you're hanging on to hope for Evan Ingram. And Devontae uh, Freeman Chicago... scored more points than, uh, than Kenyon Drake this week, so there's that. Well, that doesn't seem to be very hard these yeah, days. Right. Uh, the Chicago Bears scored 11 points and lost to the Colts uh, in Chicago this week. The Colts moved to 3-1. and one. The Bears also moved to 3-1 and one as they were undefeated coming in. You know, on, on the Colts' side of the ball, it seems to be a weird uh, game script every week for this team. 
you just don't know what you're going to get when you think you should get a big game out of players. Obviously, Rivers doing what he's doing, being efficient. Um, Jonathan Taylor getting good work, 17 carries, 68 yards, but not the you know passing work that we're, we're normally seeing him get. One reception for 11 yards. I do think that jo- Jonathan Taylor is going to smash at some point this year, but it's like it's getting really frustrating that in all these spots that he should smash in, he has not. Um, Naheem Hines, nine carries, 24 yards, three for three. Like those nine carries should have gone to Jonathan Taylor. I just have to say, like, <laughs> why do they continue to give carries to a guy like Naheem Hines? Uh, it's just or Jordan uh, Wilkins. Jordan, Jordan Wilkins, Wilkins, nine carries, 15 yards. Well, up, I would have been okay with it last week. He did okay, but they were playing the Jets. This is a tough matchup. I think we knew that. We knew it was going to be a little bit tough sledding. It was a very ugly defensive back and forth game. So we'll kind of see how that shakes out as the schedule opens up here. Let's take a look. Jonathan Taylor uh, will now play Cleveland. Uh, That's a tough defensive front. Uh, Then you've got Cincinnati. You like that. After the bye, Detroit. Uh, So there's some some spots there that Jonathan Taylor could get right in. Um, Johnny, on the other – in the passing game, Zach Pascal, eight receptions – or eight targets, three receptions, led the team with 58 yards. Like what you see there. And then T.Y. Hilton, the disappearing act, continues. Uh, yeah, Zach Pascal should be a guy that uh, waiver wire claim uh, because he's looking to be they put Pittman on the IR. So it's looking like just through, you know, injuries that Zach Pascal is going to be the slot receiver there for Philip Rivers. And we know how beneficial that is. So uh, definitely he should see, you know, around seven, eight targets per game uh, moving forward. So not a bad option for the wide receiver three for you. Um, and then. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton. Here's the question: Like, do you just is this is this is this a bomb that you put on the waiver wire for somebody else saying, "Hey, T.Y. Hilton touchdowns, y'all," and put it on the waiver wire, hoping somebody your opponent picks them up and plays them or or wastes the waiver wire spot? Because man, it is not happening with T.Y. and it's it's disappointing. Uh, but I mean. The, the best fantasy day he's had all year is, is week one with, um, you know, 53 receiving uh, yards. He had four receptions on 53 receiving yards. That was week one against Jacksonville. The streaming tight end of the year, Mo Cox getting it in for a touchdown there. One of two, 13 yards in touchdown. You'd like to see more involvement, especially Trey Burton got five targets in his return. Uh, I'd like to see him sit down and just leave it to Mo Ali Cox here, but we'll see kind of what happens there. Um, I, I think I think it may be hard to believe that Mo Ali Cox is a thing with Doyle and Trey Burton all on the field. Um, I just think you might be chasing points a little bit, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, we don't, usually don't do this, but I got to give a shout out to Rodrigo Blankenship, yeah. who continues to just be the elite kicker in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, this is the guy that caused Vinatieri to retire. <laughs> I mean, if you this guy's got swag for days, just goggles galore. I love Rodrigo Blankenship. I had to shout him out here. On the other side of the ball, Johnny, really, Nick Foles is not somebody you're trusting. You like what he's doing for Allen Robinson. Gives him ten targets, yeah, mega, seven yeah. receptions, a hundred yards, and a touchdown. Anthony Miller, Mooney are taking away from each other's ceiling here. Um, and Jimmy Graham getting five targets. You like that out of a tight end, but. Only four receptions for 33 yards. Johnny, the real story here is in a tough matchup. David Montgomery only getting 10 carries, 27 yards, a two-point conversion. But he did get six targets. 
So do you like to see that? Do you think the better days are ahead for David Montgomery? I do. A lot of people might panic on this, but once again, they're playing like uh, Indianapolis Colts have the number one ranked defense right now, uh, not only for fantasy, but in real life football as well. So uh, temper, you got to temper your expectations for what we knew is kind of a difficult matchup for David Montgomery. Uh, I think better days are ahead. You do like to see the six car- uh, six targets because uh, with the uh, injury to Tyree Cohen, we thought that this could be where Dave Monty could step up. He could get that third down roll and stay on the field, and it looks like he's doing so. So I actually like Dave Monty um, moving forward uh, as, and as an RB2, uh, as a fringe RB2, a lower-end RB2. All right, our next game was in the desert. Las Vegas Raiders hosted the Buffalo Bills. It was 23-30, to 30, uh, the Vegas Raiders falling at home to the Buffalo Bills, the 4-0 and Buffalo Bills. You know, Scott Van Pelt made a great point on SportsCenter last night where he said, it's a real shame we don't have Bills Mafia in the stands to see how crazy they would be getting right now with a 4-0 and squad. So hopefully we can take care of this pandemic and – and get it under wraps so we can see Bill's Mafia really enjoying what Josh Allen is doing. Johnny, Josh Allen continues to just torch other teams. I just think what they've got going here with Stephon Diggs in the lineup, what they've done for this offense, it just continues to be so fruitful for fantasy purposes. So we know what we're getting. Josh Allen, 29 points in most standard scoring. Uh, You've got Stephon Diggs, though, continuing to ball out 6 of 7 for 115 yards. What amazing. got it on the fun here. It's, yeah. a, it's amazing uh, the difference of, that Stephon Diggs has made for that offense and Josh Allen. Uh, I definitely didn't see it being this big of a, a impact, but wow, Stephon Diggs, man, that that is it's fun to watch. Uh, th- I will say, yeah, just taken our expectations and thrown them off a RV oh, and shattered him through a table. Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the one thing that's perfect. One thing I will say is there was a little bit of a scary moment where Josh Allen came out of this game right before halftime uh, with an apparent wrist injury. It was on a on his non throwing. I think it was uh, a shoulder. Was it a shoulder? I think it was. I think okay. it was a shoulder to his non throwing arm. He was holding the wrist, but I think. I think I will have to see how the practice report yeah. comes out. But he came right back into the game and, and he continued to kill it there. Yeah. Um, look, I think it's Stephon Diggs and it's, you know, and it's locked in there. And as long as Zach Moss isn't going to be on the field, he was inactive with the toe here. Devin Singletary is going to be an RB2 or better every week that that happens. 18 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown here. Five of six for 21 yards. I think, you know, you're going to not want to, Trust them so much when Zach Moss is back because I think they will take from each other's ceiling. But you like it right now, and maybe you could look to sell Singletary, I think, after a couple good games. Excuse me. On the other side of the ball, Derek Carr, man, if you look at the box score, had a great game. 32 of 44, 311 yards, uh, two touchdowns. He also had uh, four carries for 20 yards, but he fumbled there. But he's not going to be somebody you're trusting in your lineup each and every week. Josh Jacobs. Uh, bad matchup. We knew it was going to be a bad matchup. 15 carries, 48 yards, three of four uh, for 25 yards. So you like him to continue to get receiving work. But this is what we were afraid of, Johnny. After the Carolina match matchup, we knew Josh Jacobs' schedule was going to be rough. Um, how are you feeling about Josh Jacobs? Are you looking to get rid of him? He's got Kansas City, then the bye, then Tampa, and then Cleveland. So really tough matchups on the slate continuing to pile up for Jacobs. What is your advice to Josh Jacobs' GMs? 
I'm keeping him. I I still think you know the can't. He's still getting the bulk of those carries uh, in this backfield. Uh, I, I I would I would still get. I mean, 15, 16 carries out of your running back. I that's hard to find right now. So I would definitely uh, still keep Josh Jacobs if I have him. Uh, better days ahead. I do want to say right now we have a little bit of breaking news. If I had like a breaking news drop, we'll work on that. I need to get we need to get drops back in this show. Uh, but we'll just b- b- breaking news, news, news. Uh, we have Browns. <laughs> Browns running back Nick Chubb is being placed on IR with an MCL injury. Oh, wow. So uh, now I don't know if this is short the short term IR or if this is the you know the three week one or. Or if this is the season, well, it's, and it's also that very cryptic uh, several weeks, we'll miss several weeks. Yeah, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. Uh, it, you know, I've heard it mean twelve, and then some people say it means three. I don't even know what it yeah. means. Um, but I, I would say, yeah, just keep keep an eye on that. We knew he was probably going to miss extended time. Like, so he didn't just... come back to this game. It didn't look good. Uh, but yeah, I think both Hilliard and Dearness Johnson are going to be ads for you because of the groin injury to Cream Hunt. Yeah, uh, but then Kareem Hunt season is officially hey, yeah, here, and the reason Ch- Chelsea the reason said that, that. We said, yeah, the reason that we said it was such a valuable handcuff, maybe the most valuable handcuff, is now here because this run-heavy offense and Kareem Hunt is not a guy that is just a backup. This is a guy that led the league in rushing as a rookie, has been effective as a runner since he came into the league, and now he's going to get his shot to be the lead back in a voluminous uh, rushing attack. So. Uh, thanks for breaking that news there, Johnny. I did want to come back to this Raiders uh, offense because, you know, we obviously have the top of the target tree is Darren Waller. 12 targets, mm-hmm. 9 receptions, 88 yards. Uh, he did have a fumble, but, you know, obviously better days ahead and with that kind of target volume. But Nelson Aguilar is a guy that I may write about a little bit in the waiver column because with the injuries to Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs, you know, Aguilar has been a guy that Cars looked to a couple times this year already. Not only that, but Travis, you played in the slot quite a bit here. Uh, I don't know the exact uh, stats on how many times you played in the slot. I don't have those for you, but uh, I do know that uh, it, like the touchdown that he scored came when when actually he was in slot, and I was a little upset because I, I was playing Renfro in a lot of places this week, and uh, I was like, why wasn't that Renfro? But uh, yeah, definitely think that there's uh, an ad there, Nelson Aguilar. They seem to like him, and with all those injuries – uh, that you know, there's he's got to be had throw it to somebody, and we know that they have Kansas City coming up on uh, next week, so that's going to be a shootout. So yeah. All right. Well, in honor of our last matchup here, we've got the San Francisco 49ers losing to Philly Chelsea's Philadelphia Eagles. Chelsea, I just want to give you the mic right now to, to to just talk a little bit about your Eagles. This this is a big win for them. They needed this. Thanks, Travis. This is exactly the kind of trash victory that a trash team like the Philadelphia Eagles are looking for. If we can't win against the 49ers in their condition, look, I know Kittle is back, so we'll take it because that means there was a real playmaker on the field and we beat them. But this may be the high point for the Eagles season. It is looking scary out there. <laughs> hey, they're in first place right now. That's that's They're in first place in their division. This is yeah, just the kind lot. of trash division that the trash Eagles need to be in. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, coming off a trash tie last week against the trash Bengals. No, I <laughs> um, I mean, look, who was the starting wide receiver this week for the Eagles? Does like most people can't remember his name and Greg we just Ward, saw him play. Yeah. No, it was yeah, it's Travis right. F- Fulgham. 
Travis Fulgham had the biggest game uh, of all of the wide receivers in Philly, who was just like picked up off the street this week. Uh, had pulled him out of the fan- the stands. That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, well off to like, practice. You know, listen, we it's been well talked about, documented this past week that bad things happen in Philadelphia. It's a good thing that Philly was on the road this week. Uh, so that that's that's good because they got the win here. Uh, Johnny, when we talk about Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward. Uh, Hightower, some of these guys that are involved in this passing attack. Yeah, I'm trying to look at who they are right now, too. Um, what, what are you seeing here? Is it the Zach Ertz show only, or or can you be confident in any of these guys to kind of bust through or, or be on waivers? Well, it's even difficult right now to uh, rely on Zach Ertz because they're double-teaming Zach Ertz every, every time because that's the only playmaker right now for Philadelphia. I will say they do get uh, Alshon Jeffrey back next week, or that's the rumor. Uh, so definitely, if you need a wide receiver, look for that on your waiver wire. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is expected to be back. So I expect that to actually help Zach Ertz as well because then uh, you do have a little bit of coverage. You can't really necessarily double Zach Ertz every time. Uh, and then also, you know, if if you're in that desperate need, like <laughs> some of us are going to be for the tight end position, Richard Rodgers, look, he, he had four uh, targets, three receptions for 35 yards. He's looking, he looked to take over that uh, kind of Goddard role while Goddard, Goddard is on IR. So, um, you know, I if you are needing a, a flyer for the tight end position, Richard Rodgers is a little bit interesting. Um, I don't know how much of a ceiling he has, but yeah, man, it is brutal out there for, for, I almost feel bad for Carson Wentz because you could see the guy is talented. He just never has the wide receivers. Yeah. Carson Wentz getting uh, seven carries, 37 yards and a touchdown on one of those carries. I, I think that is the interesting point. Like maybe Wentz isn't somebody who has a ton of weapons, but if he can start to run again, like he used to do earlier in his career, I mean, God forbid anything happened to him. He does expose himself a little bit more. But I honestly, I think he can make a little bit of a comeback fantasy football-wise with those kind of usage. I'm worried for Miles Sanders here, Johnny. 13 carries, 46 yards, two receptions on four targets. And then, Johnny, it doesn't get better. He's at Pittsburgh and then plays Baltimore in his next two games. Uh, They will open up a little bit, the Giants and then Dallas, but – uh, you, you, it's going to be a hold. And I just think maybe just hold your, you know, plug your nose and then just wait it out here. Yeah. It's going to be hard four, with that you know, offensive targets. Line. I figured, I figured they'd be a little bit more creative of getting him more looks in the passing game. I mean, this is literally how he broke out last year was getting used in the passing game. Uh, he's an excellent receiver. So you hope that they'll get that more involved there on the other side of the bar, a uh, uh, ball here. Nick Mullins, not doing it for San Fran gets pulled late. And then CJ Beathard comes in and just, rockets the ball down the field nearly brings San Fran back in this one but Johnny the most uh you know surprising thing to me here was after a 50-50 split last week Jarek McKinnon dominated the touches in this game 14 carries 54 yards against a tough Philly defense tough Philly uh line there gets a touchdown a rushing touchdown but seven of eight for four uh for seven receptions on eight targets for 43 yards Jeff Wilson kind of non-existent three carries one reception. How do you see this shaking out? Raheem Mostert on the on the horizon here to come back here. Has, has McKinnon kind of solidified himself as somebody to be messed with in this backfield? 
I actually think you might be able to buy McKinnon a little low right now because of the, you know, I understand, oh, how how do you buy someone low after they come off of two mega games? Well, and I would say that I think now we've seen McKinnon has solidified himself as the second RB here in this system. So uh, I think with Mostert coming back, you can make the argument, hey, Mostert's coming back. McKinnon is probably going to fade. You also could make the argument, I don't, uh, I don't exactly know when Tevin Coleman's supposed to be back, uh, but you can try, you know, Use a name, you know, it's a name. You know, like I was saying earlier, you throw things out there. You got hey, I got Tevin Coleman come back in a little in a couple of weeks, you know. Just give me give me Jared McKinnon, you know? And so uh I think you can get him a little because uh but I don't think they're gonna stop using him. I think he will be the second guy in this option, uh, even when Mostert comes back. And then and then who knows how healthy Mostert will stay once he comes back. Uh so McKinnon I McKinnon like- has never been uh between the tackle guy or been very effective. His, his game has been from receptions and, and from the passing game. So I'm interested to see how that shakes out. And those are vo- valuable targets, especially in this offense, where we're seeing guys like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, who are guys with, you know, yak uh, abilities here. I do like what I'm seeing out of Ayuk. And that was yeah. Sports Center top play of the, of the day, was him hurtling over a defender. Uh, and I just think, like, Brandon Ayuk is going to be nice, and Debo Samuel getting back. This, this Niners offense can continue to start to – warm up here but we can't go out without saying george kittle like 15 receptions on 15 targets he caught all 15 targets johnny 183 yards and a touchdown there's no tight end better in the league right now than george kittle no nope. it's this is this just shows it's it. not even close really this is unbelievable like uh absolutely had himself a day uh and the, the funny thing is like he definitely he's done this like all throughout his career um but yeah, welcome, welcome to 2020, George Kittle. Good to have you back, my man. Uh, fun to watch you do your thing. Well, it's good to be back, uh, George Kittle. It's good to be back with you two. This wraps up our Monday re- reaction to Week Four's games. We've got a doubleheader on Monday night tonight. I love you both. Uh, for Chelsea, for Johnny, I'm Big Travi, and we are the Fantasy Whispers. We're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.